0: Frank Corvello, and there was no NWO music to begin this, but uh, welcome to City House Sit Down. We are a podcast of the World Football Index. Frank's not here yet, but I'm here. Richard Carmen, I'm your host for the moment. Um, And I'm not going to do this solo. Uh, first of all, crazy weekend to begin, right? Uh, Milan just won 2-0. Put the emphasis on Inter or watch the Inter game live as we speak. Inter just scored, but the goal was taken away, a handball goal by Skriniar. Uh, correct call by VAR from the looks of the replay there, but enough of that game. We'll monitor that game during this podcast. But we're here to talk about promotions. You know, we got two teams that came up from City B, Cremeneze, one Lecce being the other. We're going to focus on the other ones and we're going to bring back some of our good friends here. We haven't talked to them in a long time. Please welcome to the show, Dom and Will from Leche Club, Fan Club UK. Hey, guys. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Thank Welcome. you. Thank you for our uh, our second our second call up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Welcome back. Welcome thank back. So, I got I brought drinks tonight because I'm celebrating you guys coming back. So <laughs> thank
1: you. How you guys been? All good. Yeah, we've uh, it's been a tough season, but uh, yeah, I mean, Dom was always a bit more optimistic than I was. I was always like, uh, we've blown our chance. Uh, but Dom's always like, no, it's just fine. I think he's the 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 calmer thinker. and I'm a bit more. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, you, yeah. you always, I, I, think, I think last time we were on the show we were talking about we, where we're we gonna stay in Syria. Yeah. And we always we, we always believe to the last day, and I think same was this season with promotion. Just see each day as it goes and somehow yeah. we've come out as champions.
0: <laughs> and for, for those who don't understand how tough City B is, mm. uh talk about how, how tough this league is. I mean it's it came down to the very last week or two. So so uh, for those who are not familiar with Serie B, tell us what life has like been this last year with all the ups and downs of, of this league. Well, I mean, Serie B was
1: like going under the radar. Obviously, it's not a big league, but in terms of how close it was with we, we've, we've so many teams in, in and amongst the top promotion places, not not only the playoffs, but first and second, it was literally changing every week. And at one point, Dom and I were speaking about it before. And like teams like Pisa were five, six points ahead of Third place, He you thought, oh, I there's to lose, so maybe we can sneak in a second. All, All right. of a sudden Pisa shit the bed and fell off completely. Um, Monza went on a bit of a run and then towards the end of the season tailed off as well. It was it was it was nervous. It was it was, it was a lot of good teams in that league. Wow. Um, and Domino was again saying before that before the before the season started, he was looking at teams like Parma, Spa, Crotone obviously been been in the uh, top division um, and went straight down. So they've had successive um, relegations. Um, I don't know. I I think it was a probably the top, one of the most closest yeah. playoff teams. And the
2: number of teams that, like you're saying, it was it was kind of juggling around. I think last season, you know, Empoli were kind of the strongest and they walked away with it at the top. Whereas this season, it didn't really look like anyone at any moment was going to be the top team, and it it was, a, it was that, and that's why I think. Any, we went on a bit of a run. Then that meant teams like Monza or Pisa dropped a couple of points, and we could take that opportunity to move in to that top two. And then, amazingly, we've we've, we've been champions, and it was fantastic. I think we made right it happen the last. We day. made a hard <laughs> yeah. we,
1: should have, we should have gone up on the penultimate game. We yeah. were one nil up, and a draw would have done. And then somehow we conspired to lose two goals in. In like 13 minutes of added time, it was just a disaster. And I thought, oh, it's, it's going to happen again. My goodness. Um, but yeah, yeah a 1-0, comfortable, as comfortable as 1-0 could be, yeah. um, final game of the season. I guess the team was already down. They didn't really get near us. So um, it was as calm as it could have been. But it's, it's been an amazing celebration since. and
2: uh, to, do it, to do it at home as well, with fans back in the stadium, yeah. and everyone being able to celebrate it, I think it was a perfect ending. It was a perfect ending.
0: Yeah, no, it's been uh, a crazy ride. We've been watching you guys from afar, no doubt about it. Uh, always curious. Love the kits. Your kits are, you know, some very classic <laughs> kits. I uh, love the orange and, and red, uh, or red and yellow, I guess. But uh, no, it's it's a crazy league. A lot of teams. I mean, everyone was pinning Monza as a team is probably going to come up because mm-hmm. they have Berlusconi and Galliani money and this and that. But and there's all these other teams as, as well. Um, and then you guys done so well this season, and Cremonese is another team that got promoted. Yeah. Um, and now we got a handful of teams here in the playoffs. Monza not looking like they're going to be the ones of the of the remaining teams. And we kind of talked this talked about this before the podcast. Of the remaining teams in the playoffs, who do you think is going to come out and and make it to Serie A?
2: I mean, I think in the start of the season, I thought Brescia, especially with Inzaghi at the time being the manager there, I thought they were they were favourites to kind of even go into the automatic, you know, the top two. But obviously, they they sacked Inzaghi in – it's not been quite the same since, but my 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 thoughts are Brescia. I think they're they're, they're the ones. But
1: um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm with yeah. you. I think Brescia have got the. They've been there before. They've seen yeah, this mate. show before, and they know the kind of just how to get themselves over the line. Um, but it's tough. Like it comes down to a bit of a shootout in that last playoff for that play, last playoff spot. Um, but yeah, also honorable mention to Cremonese to get up as second as yeah. well. Who. Would I wouldn't even know where to place them in my rankings at the start of the year. Where where would they finish? I thought maybe, right. maybe mid table, but to sneak in a second, amazing. Um, yeah, I'd like to see Brescia come back up because then it's yeah. Then yeah. Carini's back, and yeah, I, I don't know. We'll have to, we'll just have to see. It's, it's nice to it's nice to have it done, and we can we can relax and watch others sweat now. Exactly.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of us liked it when Brescia was up in the league last time. Um, obviously, you know a lot of players on the on Milan team that I support now. You know, came from Brescia. Um and Emple is obviously another team that you know that's managed to survive and stay up in City A. Spezia now going into the third year in Serie a, in a row, they survived. Um, and so you know it's difficult making making that that rise from City B to City A and then staying in the league. Not only do you want to be uh in the league, but you want to you know survive, right? And sometimes as we see, you know, venezia this year. They look nice right with their kits their, mm. their their social media but on the pitch they had some good you know good stints and then it wasn't enough and we've seen in, in the past where like teams like um Crotone many years ago and and I forget who was uh year last some teams that just don't have enough of what to cut you see like team like Empoli just got promoted and now they they're comfortably uh, uh, surviving this year so Looking into next year, what are your what do you see are the areas you need to strengthen so that the relegation fight is not is an easy one. Is an easy one, right? You don't have to worry about it. What what
2: areas do you think are the weaknesses that need to be corrected? Um, I mean, I think I love the man. He's been a very good servant of the club, Luciano. He's done fantastically, but I think we have to start looking at the defense because I think that's where last time we were in Syria, you know the playing back, uh, playing football from the back, that sort of thing, it just didn't work and it cost us in a lot of games. And I think right. defense is definitely where we need to strengthen. But I mean Will's been saying it, we you know, the strikers as well. Like Code is yeah. fantastic, but I think we need to go for someone up there as well. Code Code is one of those people who's clearly too good for Serie B, yeah. but not sure
1: he's got enough goals for a team because yeah. you, you need a striker to get you in double figures for goals yeah. and then others to chip in with fours and fives and whatever yeah. I don't know how many coaches got in him in Syria, so we, we'll definitely need a, some help up front uh, I love Lucione. I, I mm. Dom has kind of wheeled him into the retirement home already <laughs> he's not going to go he'll play he'll mm. play so I think we will need some help around him because our, our defence has been a bit miss a match this this season. Mm. Our fullbacks are relatively stable, but we've always had one or two playing next to Luchoni but and it changes per week. I don't think you can have that. I think you need continuity in Serie A, especially once yeah. once your back line gets used to each other that you, you can't really afford to make too many changes. But I think we need a goal scorer for sure. But everyone's looking for that. Every 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 team from in every division needs someone who can put yeah. the in the net. So who do you get? Um, we, we were speaking before about do you try and get somebody who's been been in the division and has come down? So now we're looking at maybe if calorie go or, or you know whoever, whoever comes down, can we can we steal one of their strikers if they're mm. proven they can that they can hack it? But
0: yeah, that is the tricky question now because you know City obviously we know Venezia. Oh, speaking of Venezia, um, Inter just scored. Looks like Darmian scored a goal. It's one nothing Inter here in the twenty seventh minute. Uh, we'll see the goal here in a minute. But uh, the Um, teams at the bottom of the front, right? We know Vinets is gone. Genoa pretty much is gone. It's going to come down between Cali and Salernitana, uh, possibly Sampdoria. I mean, I think Genoa deserves to go down this year. You could argue Cali should as well, right? I mean, Salernitana, they've been the bottom of the table all season long, and then they went on this hot streak here at the end. Do you fancy Salernitana or Cagliari to, to survive? I mean, one is a team that's been at Serie A for a long time, Cagliari, and then Salernitana, one who's been hot at the end. And Davide Nicola has this in his repertoire where with Crotone, he's done a couple of times where look at the bottom of the table and then they come back and, and survive. So what do you guys think in the Serie A survival hunt? Who's going to make it?
2: I, I think when you talk about teams like Genoa and Cagliari, they, they've always been... In and about that place in the bottom three, and they've just about survived. And I think you get to a stage where your time, your time is now to, to go. And I think you see that with Genoa. I think they've gone. And I think, I think, I would, I would rather uh, Calgary go down. I just have some personal hatred to them. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a, a big fan of them, and I'd like to see them go. So, yes, um, yeah, Antonio could could stay up I think it would be amazing considering at one stage they looked like they were just the easy three points of the league when um, yeah, yeah. they were at the bottom and all of a sudden they've gone on this amazing run and I mean I think it would be fantastic if they stay. up.
1: I think it'd be great if they stayed yeah. up from our own point of view as well our own selfish point of view <laughs> I'd rather they stayed up because I think they won't stay up again next year so mm-hmm. it'll be a potentially another team to, that could take a relegation place so I think like you said, Genoa and Cagliari are always there, but they somehow keep themselves up. And I, I have a personal vendetta against Genoa because I think they should have gone down that year. We went down, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I would like them to go down, and then us have a couple of their players, and they help us stay up. Um, but yeah, I think Salernitana have done amazingly. But they didn't they do like a whole? They basically just deleted the club in January with I a know. new manager, twelve new players, and and had the second wow. half of the season of their of their dreams. It's unbelievable. It, it's been that. something.
0: It's been something by them, really. And, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting because I think both Genoa and Cagliari need a good hard reset, right? We've seen this in some of the other leagues where the teams uh, that have gotten dropped down kind of reset themselves and kind of came back up. And that's what you kind of hope for Genoa and Cagliari is that two teams who have, first of all, Caleri of the two teams, Caleri in general, they have the, they have the most talented of the, of, of the three teams, even Salernitana, mm-hmm. right? And I think if Caleri gets, you know, demoted, relegated, that lots of teams are going to come for their players, right? is a good goalkeeper. Uh, Jao Pedro's probably going to stay with them, you know, because he's been there forever. But, you know, they got so many good players on their team, Marine and some of these guys. That um, yeah, I mean, if your teams like either the newly promoted teams like you guys, or even some of the mid-table teams, or even uh, the top of the table teams, they're going to be looking for these quality players to kind of fill their their places because it's a pretty good squad. They just massively underperformed this year or the last five years or so. Um, it's it's unreal from where they were a couple years ago, where they were in the promotion, uh, fighting for the Champions League and Europa League spots, and then kind of dropped off the face of the earth and it's been a downward spiral ever since. Um, speaking of a downward spiral, one of the questions in the chat from, from Dominic says uh, what happened to Lorenzo Luca after the hot start with Pisa? Do you guys know much about uh, of him? Well, no, yeah, he was on fire. He was
1: one of the top goal scorers in the first, maybe two thirds of the season. And yeah. then the, I mean, Pisa sort of fell off the cliff as well. They, I think from January, they would, they just about stayed in and in and around the top two or three, but yeah he was one that i thought he might he might fire some he he might fire them up um, but yeah really really tailed off and i think then koda from mm-hmm. then accelerated his, his goal scoring and i mean strifeser as well that we had yeah. he got himself 13 14 league goals but yeah i mean there's there's lots of good the problem is is how good are these players in syria um, and it's tough because we sit here in in with the premier league teams who come up do they trust their strikers who have got them up to yep. get them enough goals? And yeah. it's so hard because we, Electric, could go and buy two or three players from Serie B who look good this year and think they could do it in the top the top division. It's, it's so tough. This team that we've got is so young um, with some oldies mixed in with it. <laughs> so do you trust, do you trust them? Um, you don't want to be cannon fodder next year. You don't want to be.
0: And you don't want to disrupt the chemistry either, right?
1: Yeah. yeah, it's true. It's true. So it's like, how big do you go in the summer? How, how much do you reward the players who have got you there? Um, but I mean, if you if there's a possibility to upgrade any position, I think you have to take it.
2: Yeah, and, and, I, and I think we need to learn from last time that we mm. came up. I think we made some signings that maybe looked like marquee. I think Babacar looked like it could be a, <laughs> a signing that was going to take us to that next level of, in the Serie A. But he, it right. he was a failure and it was it was a waste. And I think we need to be careful with that and learn from last time. Because... I think when we the January window when we were in Syria last time, we made some really good loans, like we have got Barak, Sapanara, yeah. these players, and I think that's what we need to look at now: is where can we maybe take a player from on loan from one of the, the top teams in the league and kind of have them at us for a season and see that rather than maybe take a risk on someone yeah. that's maybe a name and you're going to put all your eggs in one basket for him and then it doesn't work. Like a Babacar, like last time, I just thought that was supposed to be the, the striker, and it yeah. just didn't work. It just our,
1: didn't work. Our, our sporting director now, Corvino, wouldn't have yeah. wouldn't have bought Babacar. So yeah. he he he's the same same guy that we had back in the the glory days of the, when we used to get some obscure players, bring them in, they overperform, and we sell them off for, for, for good money. So hopefully, he's got some more tricks up his sleeve. Um, but I mean, yeah. If you can find a can find a goal scorer, because I thought people like Lapadula this year would oh, would yeah. smash smash goals in left, right, and centre for Benevento, and he didn't do that well for them. Yeah. I mean, I know he scored the other day in their playoff game, so I'm sure he doesn't really care what I think. But I think <laughs> he was one of those places. <laughs> another one that was too good for Serie B, and he'd find it too easy. But um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I I don't want to I don't want to be um, I don't want to be embarrassed next year. I think last year we when we didn't go up, Tom, again with his level head, said we weren't ready. And I think I think you were
2: right. Yeah. We 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 weren't ready last year. And I, I think the teams, like you said, we've made some signings, young players that have come in and now they've settled and we've got quite a, a good core that I think are ready to to show their show their talents in Syria. I think you were saying before, weren't you? There's some players that Probably going to get picked up after this season. Real.
1: Yeah, there's there's one or two players that we've got. There's 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 a, we've, we've got a big Danish, dashing good looks yeah. midfielder, <laughs> um, uh, field, field man. and um, I think he's already been looked at by Inter. I've seen reports of Inter looking at him. So if he's one of those where if he has a half decent season, if we stay up or go down, I think a bit bigger teams will come in for those
0: sort of Dominic is suggesting that you can uh, have Castillejo if you want from Milan because he's not really being used <laughs> at the moment so uh, he'd come on a rather cheap I think. I
1: saw it I weirdly guess. that we were, we were linked with um, we were linked with uh, uh, Julio Macias during yeah. oh, okay. in the last couple of weeks. That would be interesting. Um, I mean,
0: That'd be a good one. Okay and that's just
1: today so I don't know if we could still go for players like that but we'll need we uh, we we'll need, we'll need some help so if, if, if Milan were to loan Want to loan us some some luxury players? We'll have we'll
0: have more. Maybe markers too. I mean, I don't know. We'll slow off and give you all Before I bring on our next guest, or next guest, our host. Uh, before I bring him on, uh, I, w- I do want to ask, go back to this Lorenzo Luca situation. If he's affordable, would you guys take a stab at him? I mean, how much money do you guys actually actually have? Do you think going into next year, is going to rely mostly on loan players? Or are you going to be uh, bringing on uh, players a little bit of money. What do you think?
1: I don't know. I, I, I don't think we should go for someone like Luca because we've got a player in Syria. We've got a Serie B striker in Coda who outscored him comfortably. Um, so I don't think we need to go and fish in that pond for yeah. a striker. We yeah. don't need two strikers of Serie B right. standard, the, the certified Serie B, unless you're already making insurance for if you get relegated, you've got two good strikers for the, for the following year, which I'd hope we don't do. Um, in terms of money, I don't think we'll have lots of money to throw around. So I think we'll have to be quite shrewd in the market with some loan signings and maybe getting a few players on a free with, I don't know, a loan with an option to buy if we do stay up, for example. But like Dom said, our January was far better than uh, than our summer window. So let, let's just hopefully we've learned we've learned our lessons.
0: Well, speaking of learning lessons, uh, our host—he's hes here. He's here. Frank Cervello's in the house. Good to see
3: you. Hi, I you. made it, gentlemen. Welcome back to Serie A. Thank you, thank, thank you, you for having us yeah. got to be been- got to be a good got to be a good feeling getting, uh, uh, you know, one one year one year in B, uh, you know, taking care of business, winning that league, and, and getting right back up. Uh, so. Um, well, ciao, Anthony. Hey, everybody. Uh, Richard, boys, thank you for holding it down. I'm, uh, yeah, can things get crazy. Things get crazy around the home front here these days with two kids and all sorts of sports that they're in. So,
0: yeah. And I, you know, we, we talk about the top of the cast is that not only that, we got Milan game to just ended big win by them, 2 0, right? And they really put yep. the pressure on Inter. Inter's on live as we're talking right now. We got the game in the background, trying to update the team, people as it goes on. Darmian just scored not too long ago. So it's, uh, it's frenetic here to end the city. Ah, and you're drinking, I see.
3: Well, no, no, no. I'm not drinking yet. This is this is this is for if Inter don't get the result. I'm uh, drinking anyway. So, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll uh you know, we'll pour one we'll pour one when the whistle blows and Inter fail to win. Um, although not looking terribly good right now. Cal, you know, Inter have you know certainly controlled the match. They've controlled the position. Great chance, and I can't remember who had it that. Uh, forced an excellent save from Handanovic, but um, yeah. but Inter Inter in control of this game so far from everything that I've watched. So
0: They need to win. That's basically all it is. They, got, they can't worry about Milan, and Milan can't worry about Inter. Uh, both teams yeah. got to do what they got to do, and then however the results pan out, it is what it is. But I mean, sure. two worthy champions, I think you can say. Obviously, Inter winning the Coppa Italia this past week. Um, they're a damn good team, no matter how you look at it. I mean, both what Inzaghi's done this year and Pioli's done. It's two magnificent job by these two managers here. Um, and, you know, speaking of managers, going back to you guys Leche, Lecce, uh, how do you feel about your manager going to Serie A? I mean, you, you talked about last time you were up here in Serie A that you weren't quite ready. You think uh, he's got the chops to, to keep you guys in it for a season or two or plus well, I don't know. Well, I don't know the, pause, the pause is yeah worrying, but he's never. I, to
1: my knowledge, I don't think he's he's had any time in in Syria before. From from my brief knowledge of his CV, he's never spent too long at any one club anyway. So, um, I don't think we overachieved this year, and he obviously took that team that didn't go up last year and, and has done something special with them. So, who knows? And it is a young team. It's a young. It's, it's, it's a young squad, actually, so I don't, I don't think even if even if we started getting pummeled every week, I don't think changing managers is the sort of yeah. thing that we would. I don't think I can't really like a Leche thing to do anyway. We didn't do it when we were struggling a little bit up last.
0: Do you it think you've changed the tactics? What so what we see a lot when teams get promoted is they change to defensive tactic in the league. Now, obviously, some teams like. Um, uh, was it Brescia the year before some one of the teams came up and they're like, We're gonna play attacking football and it is what it is, and they went right back down. Yeah. Um, do you guys think he'll change his his tactics going into City I mean, you kinda have to. You're playing some of these big boys like Inter, yeah. Juve. Um, or do you see him Well, what do you what do you think he'll do? I mean, it's obviously hard to tell. He's never been there before, but um it's it's a hard line to kind of walk, right? You can't you know, you wanna you wanna stick with what got you there, but you also want to leave yourself wide open for Ten goals a game against, right? <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah, I mean, we,
1: we scored. Was it the second most goals in the league? Yeah, or, or, yeah, yeah, and have the best goal difference. So, I hope we still have a go. We don't want to. You don't. You, I always say you don't want to lose a game one nil having not gone for it. You'd rather lose. You'd rather be in the game at one nil down if you are, and then lose two nil because you've thrown some people forward, and you, you get the same points if you get beat, whether you get beat one nil or two nil. So, I'm hoping he. I'm hoping he goes. He does sort of throw throw men forward at opportunities, but I'm not looking to I'm not looking to take on Inter and, and yeah. Milan in a in a shootout because it'll just be it'll just be it'll be cut to ribbons. So he'll have to adjust his style. Um but it depends who we get in and it depends how how if if we are gonna be a bit more rugged and if we can sit behind the ball. Right now I don't think that defence is good enough to do it in Syria. So but he we might pull out three or four amazing signings and we're able to shut up shop a bit easier and we can Make a 1-0 win, but let's let's
0: just see. Nearly a goal here in the Inter game. Wonderful save there. Lartaro just missed that there. Frank, what do you got? uh, We've been talking a lot about Seti B, a lot about Lecce, obviously, but some of the teams that could get promoted and stuff. Um,
3: Yeah, jump right in, man. This is your show. Yeah, you know, (laughs) um, I'm kind of looking at Marco Baroni's CV here. I see that a couple of seasons prior to that, he uh, was at Cremonese, who's also getting promoted. Um, You might say that he might have had his – fingerprints on that project to an extent to maybe help Cremonese get there. I mean, without watching too much, without being able to watch enough City B, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, but you have to make an assumption. These managers come in and, and have some influence on on players. And I don't see Cremonese as a team that would have completely turned over their team over the course of a couple of seasons. So maybe, and, and, and to your point, yeah, uh, he's, uh, he's pretty well-traveled uh, in his career. <laughs> and, yeah, he has not really spent – uh, a whole lot of time at one place. So, um, you know, I think uh, Pescara and, you know, over the last seven seasons, Pescara, Novara, Benevento, Frosinone, Cremonese, Regina, and now Lecce. So, you know, but yeah, you know, we, we talk about this with managers. Sometimes they just need a place to hang, you know, to hang their hat. You know, we're talking about with what Pioli has done at Milan and, you exactly. know, the three prior City A stops where he wore out his welcome. You know, Inzaghi managed to... He probably could have managed Lazio for life if he wanted to. It just finally got to a point where it's time for him to have a new challenge. You know, and then, uh, you know, some of these other managers, it takes a little time for them to find their hat. Sometimes the grass isn't greener. You know, see Marco Giampaolo, who actually had a good thing going at Sampdoria before coming to Milan, and now he's floundered everywhere he went. So. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to talk about what you currently have in-house because I look at this squad and, and, you know, if I'm double dipping on the questions, forgive me. I got here late. Um, I, I see familiar names here, you know, and and players that you probably can have some comfort with the fact that they've had some A experience, albeit for some clubs that have been in, in, a, in a relegation struggle at a, at a time or two. Um, maybe that is also something that is helpful to your cause. We've been talking about a guy like Strefetza, who was at Spall. Um, you know, some of these other names that are familiar, Zanmar, uh, you know, Antonio Bareca. Uh, you know, some veteran players here. Um, does it give you a level of confidence uh, that you have this collection that uh, – could be a good baseline for you guys to get things off and running in Serie A and and maybe give yourself a better chance for survival than if you're talking about a team of guys who've made their career playing Serie B and Serie C and all of a sudden they put it together, everything worked right for them to go into Serie A.
1: Well, that's curious to say that because when we went up a couple of seasons ago, we'd just come up from into B and then went straight up. So we didn't have any stability in terms of the squad. There was no... It wasn't even it wasn't even a grounded Serie B squad. So, and all of a sudden, they like Serie C effectively players yeah. were all of a sudden eighteen months later playing Serie R. So, I th- your point, I think, is is a good one. And we do have some some people that have been up there. Um, goalkeeper Gabriel has been been up with us before, obviously at Milan as well. Really do a lot there, did he? But there's a lot of young players there that I think will need some help. Um, and I. I'd like us to, to be ambitious with our signings and and try and get some people that, yeah, from teams who go down, um, who, who should still stay in the league, then why not come to Lecce, but maybe even try and get some 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 other players, some people who aren't just used to having to scrap every season to stay up. It would be nice to perhaps aim a little higher and that will perhaps raise everyone else's standard. But again, I don't know how much money there is. I don't know how much of an attractive project Lecce would be to somebody of a Let's say pick a name out of anywhere like Sampdoria or Denise or Fiorentina, somebody's not getting in their first team every week, would they want to risk getting into a relegation fight with us, but for the sake of playing every week,
2: possibly. Sure. I think I think that when you look at a player <clears throat> attracted last time we were up, especially in the, the January transfer window, you had a player I always go back to him is like Barak. You know, he kind of came from Udinese had a very good sort of half a season with us and then he's gone to Verona and, had a, you know, he's doing really well there. And I think those are the players we need to be targeting, those that have some experience in Serie A who aren't maybe getting regular football but would be maybe interested in getting regular football and playing week and week out with us and maybe better in their career. Ideally, you'd love them to be a player that would want to stay for a long time, but if it meant that we could get a year out of them to keep us in the league, then you'd take it every time.
3: Hmm. Hmm. Um, we got a question here from uh, Dominic V. Two C. As Richard is sipping on his whiskey, which uh, you know, and, and not keeping up, so I'll, I'll have to do it. Uh, so he yeah. asks <laughs> of the other City B teams, who would they hate to compete against in City next season? So you got Cremonese that's up automatically. Um, You're thinking Brescia,
0: right? This year going up.
3: Yep, yeah. um, I think got, got I think they've got enough about them.
0: Yeah.
3: Um. Pisa, Monza, Brescia, and Ascoli are the uh, playoff teams, right? So, yeah. Um, and isn't it? It's actually six, isn't it? Because isn't uh, Benevento and Perugia part of this as well? Yeah, ben, uh, I,
1: I, I think I think Benevento have got a good chance. I, I just think Brescia have got the know-how to, mm-hmm. to get themselves in there. Um, I just I, I think I might have said it to you, Richard. I just think Monza are just the cursed yeah. team because <laughs> they they at one point were. They went on like a five, six, seven-game winning run. Yeah, yeah. They were really on fire, and it came to the crunch, and and they their form yeah. fell off a cliff, and and, and found themselves in the, in in a, in a playoff, which is there's no guarantee you're getting out of that either. So I don't know. Maybe they'll come up and they they, they could uh, they could surprise everybody. But I, I, I mean, let's say two points off good teams when we were in Syria. So yeah. we, we we got some favourable results. We got. Um, a point in Milan yep. um, we've got a point at home to Inter, a point at home to So you guys are not
0: maybe necessarily scared of the teams that are coming from City B with you but maybe you're looking at some teams already in City A that hey, they're at the bottom, we can we can pick them off, whether it's Salernitana or Cagliari that survives, maybe a Spezia you know, maybe Sampdoria those kind of teams I guess you're looking at to see who you can nick points off of this year are coming up uh, so I guess you're probably more focusing on that than City B teams I guess then
1: yeah, I, I, I mean, we didn't do that well against the Serbians when we came up. I <laughs> got home and away like they came yeah, up with us. Sure, fair. fair. Um, I think I think we beat. We're already in the league. Yeah, right? I, but I we think we beat, beat them home and away. They they came down with us, but Brescia came up with us, beat us home and away, and yes. that's six points you given to a direct rival. Okay, they came down anyway, but all of a sudden you put those six points in our on our tally. We would have we would have stayed up, but. Um, but that's my hatred for Genoa coming back out. I still think they should have they should have gone yeah, down. Yeah. They've had their time now. Exactly. Just because they're a just because they're a linchpin of Serie A doesn't mean you have to, you can automatically yeah. stay there. Um, same with Cali. Again, you said it. you might need a reset.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anthony asks in the chat, "How do you guys think that Lorenzo Colombo played at Spa this season? You guys got to go against him twice this year. Um, thoughts on on the Milan project uh, over at Spal um, this season?" Well, when you look at Spa, they,
1: they'd had a few more poor results, would have gone down. So you'd have to say, you know, nobody there can
2: really claim that they did very well at yeah. all. I mean, no, we, yeah. considering that the team that they, yeah. they are and they were a Serie A team not that long ago, yeah, they were, they were, they were, they were flirting around with that relegation, and they could have easily dropped into it. So. I don't. I don't think
1: anyone from Spur would really cover themselves yeah. in glory. We we our captain of the last few years, Marco Mancosu, went there, and I thought, oh, we've given Spur a really good Serie B yeah. player there as well, and, and mixed in with the other players, um, like you said, that they've brought in as well. They they really really underachieved. Only probably more so than um, than Palmer.
2: Yeah,
1: Palmer, Palmer, who spent loads of money on, you know, Buffon just didn't work out. At one point, it wasn't even their first choice goalie. So. Yeah, there's there's a, there's a lot. It's tough when you send players out on loan to Serie B because if they don't come up, they they're kind of like lost in the wilderness. Yeah. And for a team like Spal, they should he they should have come up. They should have got they should have held themselves a lot better in the league than they did. So, how did anybody do there? Is it's, it's almost impossible yeah. to say to once because they massively underachieved. They did.
3: Um. I look at your goalkeepers and you're spoiled for choice. When we had this conversation last year, clearly Gabriel was a big, big reason why you guys were, you know, in it with a shot to potentially survive with the number of saves. I you got Pulisadi over there. Um, he's a Milan. Heard of uh, him. i believe Is he a Loney? Yeah. Um, yeah. We got him on yep. going,
1: yeah Because Gabriel and our second best <laughs> goalkeeper had a, as an injury scare and he had to come in and play a few games and did, did fairly well for a, for a young kid coming yeah. into a tough a tough situation, so um, hopefully, we can keep him. And maybe, like you said, if you can give us another couple of Milan hot shots, we'll, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll take, we'll you take.
3: can have, you can have, like, like, like the guy said, you could have Castileo. Um, yeah. so you know, we'll give you him. Um, and then, uh, geez, I don't know, I have to see like what's around. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> nah, short, nah, right? I don't, I, yeah, I don't know, I, I don't think you'd want him. <laughs> so. yeah. Can't have Leal though, yep yeah so, so um
0: cool. yeah, so we talked a lot about city city b uh okay. you guys fancy talking some Serie A? yeah
2: you happy to yeah, yeah absolutely Great.
0: a lot of crazy games this weekend frank this is a, obviously this game going on right now it's halftime at Cali hosting uh inter 1-0 the lone goal by darmian in the 25th minute but lots of games this weekend um salernitana was in a crazy game uh to start off the weekend, uh, Frank. Do you want me to take us off? You want to, uh, I've talked enough. Do you want to take? You want to take
3: this? You're doing great. Okay. <laughs> then.
0: Well, I'll say Empoli. Empoli hosting Salernitana in this one. A uh, lot in stake for Salernitana, trying to you know survive the league. Uh, did not start off well. Former Milan man Patrick Cutrone scores in the 34th minute, makes it one nothing, uh, and looks like Empoli are in cruise control. But Bonazzoli, one of the goals of the week, an overhead bicycle in the 76th minute makes it one one any time to get a point in this one and uh all but effectively eliminates Venezia with that with that point there. Uh moving on, Hellas hosting Torino goal scoring wonderful goal, a lot of goals this weekend. Beautiful goals this weekend. Brecolo, one of them in this in the 19th minute off the crossbar, one-nothing Torino. And honestly, that's the only goal in the game. We had a lot of chances both ways in this game, but the long goal came from Brecolo. Uh, Torino wins one-nothing on the road. Uh a goal scoring fest came from Udinese Spezia two to three. Uh, goals from Verde, Ghiassi, and Maggiore were enough to oversee Udinese, who has got goals from Molina and Mari. Three-two, uh, Spezia win. Uh, maybe solidifying their city uh, for a third campaign. Actually, I know. It, yeah, they I survived. Know, I know it survived because they tweeted it out. Right, three yep. years in a row, they said. Uh, one of the shocks of the weekend: Roma hosting Venezia. Venezia got the goal early with Okereke, uh, a, a team that's going to be relegated next year. But uh, Roma, forty-six shots, Frank. 46 shots only got one through Eldor in the 76th minute. Boys, when's the last it's, time you've seen any team score give up give up 46 <laughs> shots in a game? That was unreal. What is going on there? It's astonishing. We it worked about
1: five or six yeah. times as well.
0: So, should have been more. Wasn't goals, the, sure. wasn't the day.
3: I think we all played for Roma and took a shot in that game. <laughs> 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 so. Looks like
0: you got the support of six slack here. He says Lecce will stay up next season. We hope okay. so. We hope so. So. Yeah, love so. Love the confidence. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of confidence, Sassuolo has it at the moment. Uh, they were on the road to Bologna. Scamacca scored two goals in the 35th and 80th. Barardi would get one in the 75th. Uh, they would win 3-1. Orsini consolation penalty at the end, but not enough. Sassuolo big win on the on the road. I guess it's a big win. They're in no man's land at the moment. Uh, Napoli, they're playing Genoa. Genoa all but pretty much relegated. Uh, we figured Napoli would come in there and handle business. Handle business, they did. He had goal from Osim in the 32nd. Insigne missed a penalty, gets called back for an offsides by Genoa, retakes it, scores it in the 65th. Fitting swan song for him. And then 81st, Labotka coast to coast. One of the goals of the week there. 3 0, Napoli trounced Genoa, all but affecting ending their Syria campaign. A game that ended not too long ago. Milan hosting Atalanta. A ridiculous game there. Um, 0-0 at halftime. Milan needing four points in the last two games. Looked like they are on their way for a draw, but then in, his, in the 56th minute, Leal, as he always does, wonderful goal. assist by Messias, by the way. one uh, nothing there, and then in the 75th minute, one of the goals of the year, Teo Hernandez in a crucial moment for this team. Coast to coast, going through entire Atalanta team, scoring a goal. 2-0 Milan, get the win, and obviously in a game going on currently. Is uh, Inter on the road to Cagliari. Darmian got the goal there. So, boys, where do you want to start, Frank? You know, you're the one catching up here. Where do you want to start?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'll just get it out of the way. Teo is the goal of the week, even Might with be goal of the
0: year, <laughs>
3: and, and, and yeah, in in the discussion for goal of the year, um, I, I like Bracolo's goal too. Uh, Napoli, uh, nice to see the uh, support and the sending off of uh, sending off for Lorenzo Insigne. Um, that was, uh, that was a highlight of the week, obviously the, uh, the penalty and the circumstances around it, uh, the encroachment and, and giving them a chance to retake it. Was there really encroachment or were they just saying, come on, this is, and that would be, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that would yeah, be exactly. rotten because if, you know, against an opponent that's trying to, uh, you know, that's trying to fight for survival, Genoa go down, um, plenty of players on that Genoa team that in my opinion, aren't going to have trouble finding work uh, in Syria chief among them, Manolo Portanova. And I guess it was brought to my attention, Scott Monroe brought to my attention that he is uh, under investigation for rape. Um, And I think he has a court appearance in the summer that will determine whether or not, you know, things are going to go further and, you know, further criminal action. I have not looked into it, but um, what, you know, Shame that that is actually happening. Um, yeah, uh, you know, to, to derail a career, he, a, a, a guy that I'm, you know, touted a lot here on this podcast with how multifaceted I find him to be as a player. Um, there's some players certainly that Genoa also brought in just in the effort to try to stave off relegation that I think have some quality to them. Um, you know, some decent defenders that might be able to be of use at some other places. Ustegaard, who they brought over from uh, Brighton and Hove, uh, was reasonable. Uh, Sylvain Hefty come over from, came over from uh, Young Boys uh, as a fullback. Um, you know, so some pieces there. And this Albert Gudmundsen useful. So, you know, not only is General going to go down, but they're going to lose a lot of these pieces, which suggests to me that it might take them more than a year uh to come back up because I just can't see a lot of these players wanting to stay down and try to fight the good fight of getting back up after a season I don't think there's a lot of loyalty with many of the players that have signed on and I think that the Griffone are going to find it really hard uh next year that's the early shot that I'm taking as far as City B they may not come straight back up uh so that's uh that's something that we'll keep an eye on Spezia staying up and surviving. Um, Sassuolo winning the way they did, uh, we'll find out next Sunday if it has to come down to the final day. If Sassuolo really care and really are wanting to finish off that strong, or if Bologna is on the beach. So yeah, um, and that this result is a bit, a little bit more of an outlier. Really, really hard to get interpretation from results when you get to match day 37, where teams, teams that are involved here that have literally nothing to play for. Um, and trying to gauge, you know, how invested or, or otherwise they are in, in trying to finish the season with wins or, you know, is it that much more important to finish ninth instead of 10th, uh, you know, yeah. among other things. So good week, uh, another good week, match day 37, Milan on the brink, um, inter as far as, and then I'll, I'll touch on this game from what I've watched, really complete control from inter, um, yeah. Goalkeeper for Cagliari keeping him in at the post, keeping Cagliari in at two. Lotaro had one off the upright. Um, Cagliari at some point, you know, looking at their substitutes bench, I don't know what you guys think. Um, I would have Kate Tabalde coming on, and I would be bringing off Dalbert, and I would get to a four three three, and I would try to see if I could have Joao Pedro and Kate Tabalde creating some range here and trying to see if they can get Scornyard of Bastoni off balance a little bit uh you know to create some things i think that uh has been eternally useless uh here in Serie A, wherever he's gone um and did we lose the Leche boys no 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 ah Just okay me you're being lo- uh, oh okay silly um so that's the that's the substitution that if and Calyoni need need to get something here um, you know, they're flirting with, they're flirting with going down. They can't go down after today. If the, if I, if I understand this correctly, um, they're only, cause there's, are they still two back of Salernitana? I think so. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, but they're all but gone. They're all but gone, you know, really? Yeah. So, um, but they go into the final match day at home against Venezia, don't they? Is that, is that, is that right?
0: Yeah, it I believe be right. so. Yeah, I believe so.
3: Okay, so uh, they go to Venezia, in, in, in fact. So you'd like to have the comfort of having the points now. So, But yeah. if uh, – yeah, they're two back of Salernitana. So if they um, – you, you know, so they'd like to get the win here. They'd like – you know, but right now the shape and the way they're going about doing it doesn't work. I, I get why he's coming out kind of in a four three one two. one 2 You know, you want to deal with Barella. You want to deal with Chalhanoglu you know, coming through the midfield and you want to maybe match man for man, but it doesn't, you know, you're asking Dalbert, who's really a wing back, to now play narrower in a defensive midfield position. It doesn't work. So um, make the change, go to the 4-3-3, try to put some pressure on Inter. It may not lead to goals. It may lead to Inter countering and making it two or three. But at this stage, if you're callier and you're trying to survive, you got to do something.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's t- kind of touching what, what we've said before with, you'd rather just have a go. Um, but I think if I was, if I was in that position right now, I'm not sure I'd be making wholesale attacking changes. Mm. Um, I'd let, if if you can take it only being one nil into the last 15 or 20 um, and then put some pressure on, because if you suddenly, if, if if you're suddenly attacking and you're two, three nil down within the yeah, hour. Yeah, fair the point. Nine, it's a time, so Yeah. Might, I think you might need to take them a little bit later um, and then maybe try and catch them, catch them cold. Cause you're not going to,
2: you know, even if you put on attacking changes now, Inter will, will rip them to pieces. And uh, I don't think Inter are going to make the same mistake they did against Bologna when they were one new up and then they, uh,
0: Capitulated they basically. To,
2: they, they didn't didn't take their chances and you saw what happened there. So I yeah. think Inter Inter definitely come out and make sure that they, uh, they kill this game off as quickly as possible.
0: And Frank, we talked what? about before you got on that, you know, Cagliari is probably the most talented team to get relegated in a long time and, yeah. You know, if they do get relegated, not only is Leche, but several teams in Serie A are gonna be coming for their players. You got Carano and Marin and several other players who are pretty good. And this is a massively underachieving team. And so if Cal- Cali don't want the teams to go down, and if they lose to Inter, it's gonna, you know, be another another chance for them to go down next week. They got a lot of players, Frank. It's a lot yeah, they it's a do. pretty decent team. João Pedro is probably the only player who's not gonna leave that team once they get relegated.
3: And I don't know if it's, I, I actually don't know if that's uh, fair. Yeah. I, you know, he may, they, they may have to move on, you know um, one of those things that, you know, he, he wants to play for Italy, doesn't he? He just got, you know, he just got his Italian citizenship. He made an appearance for the national team in the world cup playoff and who else they got. <laughs> right. So, you know, at he's going to want to Plays football in City A, he's going to want to stay in City A just from a, from a career standpoint with how many years that he actually has left that he can stay in the national team picture because he's not going to if he's playing in City B. Yeah. Um so you have that. You have, you know, Rogue, who I think is now just a serviceable at best midfield player. Uh, that yeah, it yeah. won't be hard for him to find a team. I could find him linking up with a mid another mid-table team. I think Razvan Marin is a player that has a wide range of passes, uh, good on the dead ball. Um, certainly is got the ability to help somebody out. Um, and, uh, yeah, and they've got, you know, Lego Giannis has been really good for them. Um, you know, Kate has kind of become a journeyman. Now, uh, Pavoletti is at the latter stages of his career, but, uh, you know, in the right system with, with, with guys that can deliver good service could be a, you Know nine to 11 goal striker, which isn't horrible. Um, you know, certainly will help you. So, um, you know, so that's uh, those are the things to think about now. Um, they and I like now the comment that I will make about Inter is that they have not been good at prolonged one goal leads what Inter? what Inter? where inter live is get a lead get a goal and let's get it to two three quickly and however we can they've been in moments here in recent weeks where as the game wears on and they're only a goal up you know inzaghi makes decisions to all right we're gonna have to we've tried we've we've had our chances we're gonna have to live with this let's make substitutions to close things out where you see Vidal coming in for Chalhanolu is one example. You see Gagliadini for some reason getting a role, um, you know, in their team uh, where they will bring DeMarco in for Patisic and make substitutions like that, where they will get a little bit more negative, you know, and invite the other team to have the ball and then, and then take their chances on the break. So they, they tried to do that against Milan, a goal up, they started scaling it back. Milan, w- Milan beats them. Did it against Bologna. Uh, decided to try scaling back and hang on to the one goal lead. Bologna beats them. So, I, 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 if, if this game stays one nil, you know the combination of that theory about Inter plus our conversation about what Caldi can do in terms of changes that can positively affect things for them. This isn't over. Um, Inter need that second goal and and they need to get it quickly.
0: Yeah, no, they absolutely do, uh, and we'll see what this next couple minutes here plays out for Cali for and Inter in this one, but boys, I got to ask, you know, you're coming from SETI B where lots of crazy games happen, right? Have you ever seen a team give up 46 shots in a game? <laughs> one game. I mean, Venezia, we know they're getting relegated, but yeah. Roma, it's not like they're playing for nothing, right? They're, they're trying to play for a European spot. They're in the finals of the conference league for your, for the Europa or whatever league you want to call it. (laughs) What, what happened in that game? I don't know if you caught any of that game, but 46 shots, how did that happen? well, I mean, it was just a freak bit of a
1: freak result, wasn't it? Because on another day, two, two of those go in and that's a comfortable, a comfortable result. It's just one of those, one of those freak occurrences that they, they went ahead. um, And then it was always going to be Robo we're knocking on the door. But I think if if R- if had R- R- converted one or two of those,
2: yeah.
1: they wouldn't even have had those those chances because they were yeah. they Valencia had something to hold on to. Um, but I've never seen a, a <laughs> as, as a one sided yeah. affair like that. No, and I don't even think when when Lechik got promoted, we were playing the team who were at the bottom of the table and also relegated, and we, we beat them one nil, and it was the most comfortable one nil that I've ever seen. And and we didn't have forty six chances, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe five or six. And I thought, oh, yeah. this is t- super easy. So yeah. yeah, For Roma, for Roma, they 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 put everything on that um, on that final, haven't they? Because they they can't get into um, they can't get into Champions yeah, League now. Cool. Yeah. Maybe they can try and finish above Lazio as some local bragging rights, but I think they're they're gearing towards that final.
0: Yeah, I, I think Milan did them a favor too because had Atalanta won. Really, the only angle for Roma would be to win the Conference League. But now, you know, with Atalanta losing, there's still a chance here at the last weekend that they they get a better result than Atalanta. They're they're in. Um, will they beat Lazio? I don't know. Lazio has Juventus tomorrow night, so we got two games tomorrow. That game and then the uh, Fiorentina matchup. So, yeah, it's 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 interesting the results we had this weekend, for boys, over all, all the way around. Um, obviously the Milan win is a big win there. The Teo Hernandez goal was a spectacular goal coast to coast. I don't know if you guys saw, it. we certainly saw it. Yeah, um, and it, he's done this throughout the season, but I think the context, I think Martino put you put it right. Like the context of the goal where so much is on the line, one, nothing, anything can happen. Krunic makes a fantastic tackle at, the, at his end of the box. And then Teo just takes off and scores, scores that goal. It's a big moment. And it's arguably one of the goals of the season for him. I mean, for him, it's another goal, but it's a huge goal given the, the, the implications of the get, of the goal in the game. He scores a lot as a, as yeah. a defender anyway, doesn't he? And yeah, he, yeah. I, I think he did as well because hasn't he had um, he's had
1: some some missed Beautiful penalty. Goal. I think he missed a penalty. Yeah, in the last Spe- I think they lost. Yeah. It. And, and, and it looked like that was going to cost them. Um, so to to come up to come up with that big, uh, yeah, like you said, goal of the season. You don't really. I can't even think of any other contenders that can run that because yeah. it just the context of the goal as well, how important it was. Yeah. It has to be up there as, as one of the goals of the season. Definitely. For Definitely. sure. He For won sure. the ball on the yeah. edge of his own penalty area. And ran the whole yeah. way He made it a
2: fantastic finish as well. The finish yeah. Of
0: the class. And Frank, you know, last, you know, we don't have a qualiarella type goal. A couple of years ago, we had that goal where he had a back flick out of midair against Napoli. That mm-hmm. was a beautiful goal. We don't have anything like that this year. We had a couple of decent goals this year, but, um, for given the context and how much pressure was on Milan with all the dignitaries there, you had 200,000 requests for tickets for 80,000 seat stadium. Um, a lot was on the line from Milan. In this one, just, just a whole serve, obviously, yeah. you know, Inter is playing quality and that's easier matchup, easier, not easy, easier than Atalanta, but, um, great goal by him uh, given the situation.
3: Yeah. I mean, overall for Milan, I thought it was a good, efficient performance. Yeah. Um, you know and i think that that's what um we've kind of come to expect from that i think they they've played they look comfortable no, no matter who they're playing against you know um Mainyan is making important saves he's making them in key moments you have uh you know the partnership of of tomori and kululu i mean 9 months ago would we would we be sitting here saying that Milan are winning a Scudetto, and they're doing it because, because of the partnership of Tim- Timori and Kalulu. I, I, people would have been like, you're dreaming. It's because Kiar stayed healthy and, and turned, rolled back the years, and yeah, probably Timori was part of the equation. I think we all thought Romagnoli is, can be inconsistent.
0: Can I be blasphemous for a minute, Frank? Talk Go about ahead. Milan's defense. Yeah. Kalulu has obviously been, and, and you know, you, you boys, i let you boys, you've seen Milan from afar. Clulu's having a fantastic year. I mean, he, the what he's done paired up with Tamori this year is just unreal. And he's pretty much been a shutdown defen- defender this year. Calabria has not had the greatest of. His season was okay. This last stretch here, where a lot is on the line from Milan, he's played probably his poorest of the season. I'm gonna argue that Kalulu should be the starting right back next year if they go out and get a botman or somebody else or or even Kiara. Kiara comes back. Kalulu has to be a starter next year, no matter what. That's my opinion.
1: Well, it's tough because he's come into a situation that he probably didn't find at the start of the season, never thought he'd get this game time. But with the with the injuries and, and the performance that he's had, he's he's undroppable at the moment. It's just um uh, I don't know if you wins you if you if you if you win a skeletto, do you do you have to upgrade your central defensive partners? I, I, I don't know. I don't know that you do. Yeah. He didn't play a lot at his previous club either, did he? So he's almost having like his, he's learning as he's yeah. starting his career and he's starting his career winning a winning the title, which is which is which is crazy. I, I think him and Samori have got like thirteen or four, something crazy, like thirteen or fourteen clean sheets when partnered together. Another one today. So I don't know. Maybe I don't know where you move him if if you have to. Like you said, Sven Botman, I think he's going to come in, and maybe one other. I don't know. I don't know whether whether you push him to right back or or you just say someone else has to. Yeah, Yeah. it's your place to lose now. Yeah,
0: Frank, what are your thoughts?
3: um, I agree. Kalulu's career is getting started, um, and I think that uh, no, I don't think you know if he's finding form. Playing as a center back right now, don't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, you know, is is really the way I take a look at it. Uh as we're looking, uh Inter have scored again. It's Lautaro Martinez in the 51st minute uh to put Inter up 2-0. Good individual work by him, by the way, uh yeah. to fight off the defender to get to the ball and a nice finish. Um ended up nutmegging Cragno We could have asked Cragno to do a little bit better, but uh but anyway. Um Uncle Sharma, if you're watching, nutmeg of the week. <laughs> there you go um yeah i mean if he's starting to if he's starting to find his home and if he's starting to make his living there then you then you address right back you know they do you uh, the perils of bringing in a botman now is you disrupt the rhythm that kalulu and tamori have established you know um you know and then kiar stays in the picture because of the veteran presence he has Calery have scored it's now two one. Lico Giannis has scored. We're updating as we go. Let's see. It's yep a shot from distance. Oh, and it is a goal of the week candidate. It is not a tail goal, from but distance. this is ooh, blasted. What a goal! Um, and uh, beautiful goal. Hang that on to your good. hats. We're not. We're not done over, yet. boys. Not over. <laughs> worst lead to have in a game. of – Worst lead to have in this sport is a two goal lead.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: So. Um, because yeah, you're, you know, you're feeling good about yourself. You've gotten a little bit of distance. You let your guard down just enough a little bit. And, you know, especially in the, you know, you know, both catchphrases we've said on this podcast, worst goal in soccer, worst lead in this sport is a two goal lead. And, uh, a team is at its most vulnerable shortly after they've scored. So, um, you know, so both have happened, and let's see what Inter now do to respond, but 2-1 there. So this is fun. We have not done a live uh, while a game is going on podcast.
0: I so. wish we could show the game, but, you know, we don't want to get our hands slapped and kitten off the air. So, you there know, we you do what we can, right? We do what we can. Yep. We got the sound in the background very faint, but yeah, yeah. We don't want to get burned for copyright infringement. Yeah, yeah. We already so. got a couple of strikes against us, so, you know. Exactly. Another problem
1: is, is what does, what does Inzaki do? Yeah. Because like you, like you said, he's not... Got a record of hanging on to Leeds particularly well. Uh, Lazio, he was known as attack as a really attacking um, as a really attacking manager. So, do you, do you try and catch Caleri on the counter attack, or do you shut up yeah. shop, or do you throw on another a striker, or yeah, try and grind it out and bring on Vidal to 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 work around it. It's, it's tough because yeah, two one is is tough, especially against a team like Caleri. They're going to be playing playing dirty or playing for set pieces, making it making it a bit of bit more of a dogfight because they've, they've, they've seen that they can get at Inter
2: now. It's, it's a tough, it's a tough one for 30 minutes to go. And they're, they're in front of their crowd. They're playing Incredible, for their survival, yeah. their lives. This is, yeah. this is, this is a tough, tough uh, match now for, uh, for
3: yeah. Inter. <clears throat> yeah, I know, 100%. And we're talking about now, uh, there's K. Balde, but it was like for like as uh, Pavoletti comes off. 35 um, minutes to go. A lot and time, then a lot uh, of time. Nanda's, Nanda's in for uh, Rog. So, Now you got, and I kind of, I I, kind of like it. Um, Nandez can do a little bit of everything for you in midfield. Um, Pavoletti is probably a predictable guy to defend against in this stage of the game. He's not going to move a whole lot for you. He's going to stay central. He's He's going to expect service. Yeah. He's going to expect service. Now you got a Kate Tabalde. He's going to run around a little bit and, you know, help with with joe pedro's help they're going to try to pull apart that back three to open some things up so um i i like the i like the changes um i like the changes it gives cali an air of unpredictability when they attack now so let's yeah. see if they can find that and let's see if they can uh start giving into some problems here Um uh, there's certainly there's certainly a little confidence to them now just watching them watching them move the ball around a little bit and to your point boys yeah Inter look like they're fine with just, okay, let's sit back and let's hit them on the break. Let's let them bring their numbers forward and and play a counter-attacking game where, all right, they're 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 stretched, they're all over the place, and then we can take advantage of that because I think that that's where Inter thrives. They thrived like that big time last year under Antonio Conte, and I think they've done well in that regard under Inzaghi too, as well.
0: Cagliari is putting a lot of pressure on Inter at the moment. It's a lot of pressure. to bring bringing in Dumfries now to kind of shore up the defensive, but it's all Cagliari at the moment. Um, so talk about Inter and Juventus from, from since for you guys coming into the league now, and I know you watch it from a distance. There's a couple of players now that are rumored to be gone. One is definitive, Paulo Dabala. He came out on Twitter and Instagram and said, This is my last game coming up tomorrow. You know, it's been great working for you guys or playing with you guys. Rumors that maybe he's going to Inter, maybe Roma, maybe going to England. Who knows? Uh, and the other rumor is that Ivan Perisic, who's had a fantastic year for Inter. He may be going to England, and while Inter have Golson's as a backup, where do you think the state of both Inter and Juventus are going into next season? Are from you know from you guys? We we've been following you know, the league day in and day out, but for you guys coming into the league from seeing from afar, what are your thoughts on both how Juventus are from the season, and then as well as Inter possibly getting dethroned this year?
1: Juventus, I yeah, think, have got a lot of work to do. M- m- much more so than Inter. Inter at least have a, a, an identity, whereas Juventus is a is a culmination of lots of different managers, players, lots of different ideas that have been trying to be installed in them over the the course of those managers, and then they've gone back to the gone back to Allegri, and he's he's doing he's doing Allegri stuff, isn't he? So. I, th- I think they're in a, a bit of a predicament, to be honest, because they're they're an aging much yeah, more of an aging team.
2: That, that defense, as well, for them, you know, it's it's uh, it's uh it's aging. You know, Delit I think is maybe finding his place now, but it's it's not been a great season for them. And I think you know, Valvich was a fantastic signing, but there's definitely definitely work to do there. And I think Juve aren't the same team that they were a few years ago. And I don't I don't feel that they're necessarily Going to be competing for the Scudetto next season, and the in with with Milan and Inter, I'm sure Milan and Inter will be your two teams again. But I think I think with Juventus as well. I'm, I'm a, I was speaking to some Juventus friends, and they thought their Champions League knockout game against Villarreal was going to be a walk in the park, and you know, they got they, they got embarrassed there. And I think yeah, they, um and you know we we both watched the, the Coppa Italia final in midweek, and. You know, Allegri wasn't happy. <laughs> and I, I think I think that just kind of showed the, the pressure that he might be under. I think I think Juventus is is a team that probably expects a lot and it's going to be an interesting summer for them, especially yeah, I think the okay. ball has been a fantastic player for them and for him to be leaving. I wonder what they're gonna do about
3: that. Well, I mean I think they've got you know, and we've talked about it for here on this podcast for weeks. They have to change culturally. They they've They've been they, – they they play this Stone Age football tactically. But that comes from that, the manager though, right? I, I and, and that does. It comes down to the manager. But, it, I mean, it's where, you know, th- your creative players and your – this is where creative players and attackers go to die. I mean, you only need to look at Blavich's <laughs> production since joining yeah. compared yeah. to what he did at Fiorentina. Um, now, there can be an expectation that – it's going to be different when Federico Chiesa comes back, uh, yeah. because he brought some dynamics to that team that they have not been able to replicate with anybody that they have. Um, so, you know, you got that. You got that one thing. I and mean, we, what we talked about last week on our podcast was stop buying the same midfielder and putting that person in every midfield position in your team.
0: Well, let me say you know, this on that note. The rumors, heavy rumors, are that Pogba is coming back and Di Maria might be coming, and joining Juventus. What are your thoughts on Pogba? Does he kind of a similar model to what they have? He's an yeah, I, just, yeah,
3: just just okay. So at the cost of whose career you're going to do this for? I mean, okay, you want to you want to bring in a name, hopefully, for, <laughs> to 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 further to further stunt Manuel Locatelli's growth, for example. Um, you know, it doesn't make any sense. I don't understand Juventus's you know, constant need to just buy midfielders who characteristically are all the same. Um, you know, it's, you know, this guy should be, you know, you should have one guy playing like he's a 10, one guy playing like he's a 5, you know, where he's protect, you know, ball winner protecting the defense, and then you got a couple of guys that are your your, your Barella's, your Sergei's guys like that, um, you know, who can do just about everything, you know, but I mean, functionally, and then you, 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 you know, you take Locatelli and you don't do anything close to what he did at Sassuolo with him, You know, I mean, it's just, it's, 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 it's crazy the way they do things. It's crazy the way they stunt the development of the players that they bring in, um, you know, you know, if this team played even a fraction more expressive you know than they did this season they would not be in fourth they would be contending for the scudetto because they have the talent yeah. so it's it's the system it's killed this team um and just going you know just playing to get out with a 1-0 win and scratching and scraping for three points at a time instead of playing the kind of football that should have you separating yourself from everybody else in the league and Boggles my mind that Juve doesn't do that.
1: I think I think they're in. I think they've they've kind of tried to have their cultural reset when they they replaced Allegri, didn't they? And tried to try to go a little bit differently. And when it didn't work, they reverted back to type, was it, literally with Allegri. So it's just, are they going to be prepared to 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 reach out on another manager, that and then tr- reset again because they they do have three or four managers worth of players there. It's not any one manager's team.
2: No. And I think, I think you, it, was, it was unfair on Pirlo as well after one year. I agree. Kind I of agree. going that di- new direction and then give that one year and, and then say, all right, we're done. And
0: it's like they were half-heartedly trying to change the system. They were like, oh, we're, 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 we changed our mind. We're going back to the way we were. We yeah, exactly. <laughs> need give it a chance. Yeah.
3: And it might be what Saudi might have meant when he said that this team is untrainable. It's like this is – I mean there are yeah. guys in this dressing room that, that this is the way they want to play. I don't want to play like that. Exactly. You know? So, um, you mentioned I,
0: development, right? And maybe this is alcohol talking, but the development and Sassuolo is a team that's really known for developing players that come out at Scamaca, having a fantastic year. Raspadori, um, Jeremy Boga is a player who was having a fantastic year or he had fantastic years at, at Sassuolo. He's moved on, he's gone to Atalanta. Now they got another guy coming in, Junior Traore. He started out very young and he's still very young, yeah. One of the questions earlier in the chat was, you know, has he overtaken Bolga at Sassuolo now, and he, is he someone that they can rely on? Um, your guys' thoughts? Because I mean, Sassuolo is a team that relies heavily on the youngsters and developing their uh, developing these talents. Thoughts on Sassuolo and and what they able to develop, and whether Junior Traore, you know, if you know if you if you think he's capable of filling the boots or surpassing
3: Jeremy Bolga?
1: Well, I think Jeremy, Jeremy Boga's is not even starting games yeah
3: he's been having a hard time getting games at atalanta
1: yeah Yeah. so um well i mean to your to your first point yes it's are great they're a great fun they're they're a fun team to watch they're like they were like an atalanta sort of hybrid weren't they 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 and then scoring goals to scoring goals for fun but then equally they can come up with some ridiculous results and and get and get beaten (laughs) so it's a tough balance it's not like um there's no plain sailing, but they've they produced some, some quality players over the over, over the years. I'm thinking a, another one of the um that you mentioned Scamaca has been touted at, at Chelsea and all yeah. of a sudden Chelsea. Chelsea Chelsea a couple of my Chelsea one of my Chelsea mates messaged me so oh, what, what do you know about Scamaca? We're, we're being linked with him. Not that I'm the expert, <laughs> I know more about football. And I was like, to be honest, I, I don't really know where he's come from either, because he's not He's sort of just emerged, hasn't he? And and having yeah. a wonderful season. But can can he do it long term? Even if he stays at Sassuolo, or or does he move on to another another league completely? And it's it's, it's tough. They 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 do have a good a good system of doing things there, but. They're always going to be cherry picked. Like, it's like Atalanta used to be. Where- well,
0: Scamaca is very much like Bolotti was a few years ago, where, where Bolotti got this big goal year, or a twenty-nine goal or something. And everyone's like, he's world class. It's like, okay, this is one season. Let him do it over multiple seasons. See if he's world class yeah. or just a flash in the pan. And it ends up being a flash in the pan. He's a great player, but he's not world class. Mm-hmm. So Scamaca, to your point, I think. Needs still time to prove himself. I mean, what he's done it for Genoa for, what, half a season or a season? And now at Sassuolo, he's done a little bit better. It's still two middling teams. How does he handle pressures of a bigger team, right? The top Serie A team, uh, a team like Chelsea. Does he even get a starting time? We, Lukaku who had a fast, fantastic year last year, 29 goals, last two years for Inter. Goes to Chelsea, and he's not the same person, right? Now, granted, maybe his diet is not the same. I don't know. Maybe the voodoo's in there. I don't know what's going on there, but... He's not the same player, so you know we have to be careful with players like Skamaka or guys who just emerge out of nowhere. Even Bremer, to an extent, with Torino, defensively, they have one great year. Great. Can they do this longevity, right? Koulibaly, he's done this defensively for 15 years or 10 years, whatever. He's a world-class defender. Yeah. Skamaka, I don't know if you can label him yet a world-class player, ready for a Chelsea or Inter-type player. I don't know. We'll see.
3: Yeah, we tend to jump the gun on, on guys, yes. you know, that play really well for the still run provin- provincial teams, and then they 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 take a jump sooner than they should have, and they clearly show that they're out of their element and they're not ready. Um, I think in the case of Skamaka, um, I think you can make the argument that if you put him at a, if he ends up at a better club, and Dominic is is stealing my thunder here, um, he performed well for a poor Genoa team. Um, and then he performed well for a Sassuolo team where he got service from all over the place. So um, I don't think, you know, if he went to a Chelsea or if he went to an Inter or something like that, I think it actually would thrive. So, you know, he's he's showing, showing it a bunch of different ways. There's Kate tabalte getting in behind. He just could not... Get the touch to get the ball up and down over Handanovich. so uh, and paid the price for it too. Where's he getting this? Yeah, just on the side. So you can get up from that, but <laughs> um, so uh, Skamaka for me, I think, has adaptability to Dominic's point. Um, Raspadori is a different story because I think I've only seen it with him at Sassuolo. Um, you know, Triori, I think his game could translate somewhere else too. So, um, and then, uh, you know, you, and you talk about Sassuolo, they find guys that fit what they want to do. Another guy. And we talked about this and we called this all the way on match day one. We said, Davide Fratese is going to just plug right in, do exactly what Manuel Locatelli did. And he did. So that's another thing that Sassuolo, their, their recruitment of finding the right players characteristically to make their system work is pretty impressive.
1: We've seen that with other teams like Atalanta when they when they've sold some of their bigger or, or they've sold to bigger teams, it's, it's not always worked, has it? So I, I mean, um, Brian Cristante when he first went to to Roma, they, it's not not really worked. Didn't really work for yeah. him there. I think I don't think Kessie was that well. What when he first? When he first went to, went to Milan, Milan was yeah, so, wasn't So like yep. you said, they they just they find someone that suits their system. Doesn't automatically means they will translate on a bigger t- to a on, on a bigger a bigger team at all.
3: All right.
0: Very good. Very good. Watching this other game here. This other game is now in the 70th minute. Uh, still very tense here. Bastoni just came off for, I think, um, De Ambrosio. Looks like Joaquin Correa is going to come on probably for Lautaro. No, nope,
3: for Dzeko. Dzeko, yeah I, yeah. I like that. I like that. You get it's that. Substitution. I think it's a better counter-attacking dynamic when you compare Correa with
0: yeah, just Lautaro and Ejeko, for whatever reason, even though you think they would work perfectly, they don't. It's right, you know, it's it's a it's a slow guy who can hold the ball up very well, fantastic finishes versus a guy who's very mobile, who's very instinctive. It doesn't, doesn't work. Have you guys over at Lecce I mean? Obviously, Koda's had a decent, pretty decent year for you guys. But you know, if he gets locked up by a defender, for example, and said, "Yeah, we got a lot of good Syria defenders. Do you guys believe that there's so many other players can come and jump in and take the lead? You know, when you guys last year, you had a couple guys, especially those Lonies, that were able to fill the void. How do you feel about the depth of Lech's strikers or attackers should you know one of your top players get marked down by a defender?
1: this The problem is is is, is having enough strikers that you've got your ones who are starting and then the others who are on the bench. Yeah. How many How many do you accumulate? Because you can't keep them all happy. We've got, we've got a young Spaniard, Pablo Rodriguez, who's... Everyone at Leche loves him. He's, he did fairly well last season. Um, we got him from the Real Madrid Academy. He did quite well yeah. last year. I remember the name. A um, few injuries this year. Um, and, I, and I actually think Sassuolo and a couple of others have looked at him for this for this summer, so it's all going to depend on who we lose um, and the, the formation we play because if we if we do go with one striker or or do 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 we do what we're doing now and go for perhaps more yeah. four, three, three, but then you're just gonna be you, you could, could get wiped out. So yeah, if Coda gets locked down by just a defense that's just not gonna not going to give him anything, he's not the fastest player in the world anyway, mm-hmm. so you do need to have that plan b. Pablo Rodriguez is is that, but we, we may not start the season with him anyway. So it, it's so tough finding that pl- finding that balance between a, getting a goal scorer and having someone else dynamic, but is also another option off the bench who's happy to be on the bench. because it, it, It's right. keep, keeping a squad happy. Is, is,
2: it's the hardest thing, isn't it, really? <laughs> especially now you're in Serie A, everyone wants to be out there playing, especially if you're playing against top teams like Milan, Juventus, Inter. You, you want to be playing in those games. So... It's gonna to be tough to, to keep everyone keep everyone happy.
0: Yeah, that's always a difficult most difficult thing for a manager is that you know, no matter where your team is on the spectrum, whether top of the table, bottom of the table, middle, you know, keeping the team happy, right? You have you have 23 players at your disposal, sometimes more, sometimes less, and keeping that rotation or not, right? We've seen teams like Sadi when he was on Napoli not rotating players, and you know, you're playing with 13 players. That's that's not many players to play with, and they get tired and and strained out. Or you get teams like Chelsea, right? Who have like 750 players on loan yeah, and you can just rotate guys in and out. Um, it's it's a fine line as a manager you have to tote because even when you not only play in the City Ya, but you got Copa Italia sometimes, and if you're fortunate enough, you're in Champions League as well. How do you keep that rotation? How do you keep the quality up right? And and it's a not only difficult ask for a team at the Champions League level, but also a team like Lecce, right? Or or any team in the middle of the table. How how much do you play your players? Do you rotate your players? Because if you just play the same 11, 13 players, it goes to the detriment of the rest of the team. and you, got, you don't have guys developing as they should. You have some young players, some Spanish players, or even Italian players that need that pitch time. And if they don't get it, it's going to hurt the team ultimately, not just the player, but it hurts the team as well. Um how has your team this past season done with, in terms of starting eleven and rotation? Has it has it been a decent decent rotation, or has it just been the same guys for the most part? Because you know that can say a lot about how you guys do next year as well. I think we've been lucky
1: and you know, we haven't had any big injuries. Yeah. We haven't had we had we had Gabriel was out for a little while and we we, we were panicking a little bit and that's where we brought in um Milan the the, the the boy from Milan. Yeah. Um, but on the whole we've been very lucky in our in our squad was you we, we were naming it before it came out as this is what it will be and it, it, it to pretty much nine out of ten. Like one or two players, in players yeah. come in or out, but most of the time it's stuck the same. It's a pretty predictable team. I think when you're going for promotion that's fine because right. the continuity of just bulldozing teams, keep that same team going. Like you said earlier, don't if it if it isn't broke, don't fix it. Whereas if you're in Serie A, probably the good times are few and far between. You yeah. will need to bring other players in. But also, like you said, if you're just having 12 or 13 players, you become easy to play against as well. So it's good to have the the joker in the pack yeah. that, that the other teams haven't seen for a while. So it's tough. We've, we've We've been lucky this year, but it's tough next year knowing what the right method is and, we're certainly not, no manager, so we're not going to tell him what to do. Um, I, imagine he'll, I imagine he'll stick to his philosophy, and and I don't think it will be wholesale changes every week. I think it will be a Ooh. it will be a fairly predictable lineup most most times um, because we're not expected to we're not expected to win like we are. Yeah, it's, no. it's like next year, any every point is 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 extra special. Whereas this year, every point was if you drew a game, we were we we were furious. So yeah. Um, you're going to need to take some guys out of the firing line if they're getting a hard time, but yeah, hopefully we, we have a, hopefully we have a good, enough, a big enough squad that we can replace players if we need to. But right, right now we're not ready. We definitely need some help.
2: Well, um, could I could I ask you please, two questions? A, a please. Question? please. A, a lines, um, one thing I will just look when we we'll watch you guys. You obviously got Giroud and Ibrahimovic. You're sort of two main, and Ibra is must be at the end now, surely. I don't know how this guy – it's amazing. Yeah. And Giroud, yeah. I mean, he's a fantastic uh, player. But where, where do you think your striker – because I think that's your next thing. Do you, would you agree that's your – Mark, he's signing in the summer as a, a striker. Who, have you got anyone on mind?
3: If if, if uh, the tabloids are to be believed, uh, Milan will be signing Divac Origi um, mm. oh. out of Liverpool. Mm. Um you know, I, I don't know if he's going to be the clear cut answer, but as somebody that, you know, I mean, Liverpool's surplus is pretty good surplus. It's still yeah. going to be pretty good. So it's, <laughs> you know, it's 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 it's, it's, it's the way we look at it. There's rumors about there was some rumors about Gabriel Jesus with mm. Holland going to Manchester City. I don't know how yeah. accurate that's going to be or what the chances are of that. But yeah, I agree that that's something. I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, um, they'll all tell you right wing is a much bigger priority. Yes, um, yeah. than than striker. Um, you know, Junior Messias is a nice story, but not a long term solution for the position. A guy that maybe yeah. can give you, you know, fifteen minutes here or there, but nothing that you're not, nothing that you're banking on as far as. Um, you know, long term, Alexis Salamakers is really more of a wing back. He's not a a winger, yeah. and you can see that in his play. He's he's comfortable, you know, behind the attacking players. You know, maybe providing early service, but then also just kind of being a support defender. Um, but we don't have a a tricky out and out right winger. Um, so, uh, you know, dare I say it? Haven't really had one since Suzo and suzo's not that tricky um you know, <laughs> what's your so, pony what's that he yeah he does one thing he he wants to be the Spanish Aryan he's the Spanish Aryan robin is basically it wants to just run at a defender cut inside and try to curl one um you know it seems to be what he wants to do every time he gets the ball so um so that's a priority um you know getting some strength in midfield with Frank Cassie going to Barcelona um that's yeah. uh that's a that's a conversation and there's yeah. talk that the deal is close with getting Renato Sanchez from Lille. Uh so if you look at it, Lille is starting to turn into Milan's farm Theater team Club. now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so where it was Genoa during the banter era and now they've upgraded to Lille, where they're getting in, they're getting Leao, they got Mignon, they're gonna get so Sanche, Sanchez probably Renato Bartman. Sanchez and possibly possibly Botman. And so. possibly Jonathan David too. I and, heard yeah, Jonathan David, why not? Let's just get all of them. Let's uh, get them all. Jallo get them, get them, them all. Zeki Chalik, at, long as not let it, right? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, if we're if we're if we're if we have a have an affinity for veteran strikers, just go and get Yilmaz too. So Yeah, right. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it's just it's just the way it is. So yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting and a lot of it also has to do with is who's owning this team after the season because Investcorp is in with a bid and I think that there's one other organization that's in for a bid uh, mm-hmm, yeah. right now uh to buy the club from Elliot. Um Elliot was never a long-term owner. They were a house flipper as we said. Yeah. Um yeah. once once Young Hung Lee defaulted on the loan and Elliot had it it was their 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 sole responsibility was to make or sole purpose was to make Milan saleable. Yep. Um you know which was getting the house in order financially first which they've done um and now mm. they're they're looking to sell so invest corp is in the picture they own gucci they're based in bahrain um i don't know what kind of transfer war chest that would bring to milan mm. with with it with the sale so some of that's going to be in play too um you know because if that gets finalized in the summer that changes a few things as well
0: yeah i don't think the striker position is the top priority even though you got an aged aged Ibrahimovic and an aging uh, Giroud, that, that is where you need to replace. I think, the, as Frank said, the right-winger position is a position that massively has gone under the radar, done nothing. Pretty much Milan's playing with 10 players, either whether it's Salamakers or, or Messias or whomever. Um, they need a right-wing solution. They need an attacking midfielder solution. And they also need to figure out what they're going to do defensively, whether they're going to bring in another center back, whether like a Boltman or someone like that. Um, what are they going to do with Kalulu? Is he going to be the center back? Is he going to be the right back? What's going to go on there? So, I mean, depth is obviously going to be an issue. when, Whenever you're talking about a, t- a team that's going to play in three fronts, Coppa Italia and Champions League, you need to have depth. And Milan do not have the depth compared to, like, Inter, for example. Um, so they do need help. Striker would be nice. They did get this kid from 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 uh, was it Serbia or whatever it is, who has a red chance, star. Yeah, yeah. So he's a chance to do something special potentially. But you know, if Jerev stays another year or if Zlatan stays another six months, whatever, they can fill the void temporarily. I think Milan can get away with Leao or Rebic as a striker, even though that's not optimal. But I think I think right wing, center attacking midfielder, and center back are the priorities for Milan. Center back slash right back because you could put Kalulu in either spot, and so it's it's a difficult situation. But obviously, Milan know they need to fill the void of the Zlatan and the Giroud. Whenever that day comes, it's good to have a guy like Kiar and Zlatan on the bench, whether they play or not, because the the locker room presence is so much. And you even heard it on the Paramount Plus, which is here with the broadcast here in the United States. They talked about like Pioli sometimes doesn't even talk to the st- the team at halftime or at before end of the games. He gives it over to Zlatan, and sometimes even KR. And so it shows. It shows a lot about how much their leadership is. And so you having those players in the locker room. We talked about you know. Uh, oh, I, I talked about Bayern Munich many years ago when they were so dominant. They're still dominant, but when they had guys like Arjen Robben and Ribery, they would be the ones talking in the locker room because they had the experience, right? And so you need that experience. And just got to back it up with depth throughout the team. And I think the team doesn't have the depth to compete on three fronts like maybe an inter does, or maybe I think obviously, inter is the only team that can do it. Napoli has a potential, but um, they're set at striker and Milan aren't quite. So it's a lot to be determined still yet. It's a long way ways And ooh, an inter almost great chance there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inter almost goes there. So anyway, we know your guys' time is precious. We appreciate you guys joining us. For your second cap, third cap is coming very soon. You're coming to the league, yeah. so thank goodness for that. Um, so for for those, you're not on Twitter, right? You're not on Twitter. So tell our viewers where – first of all, tell us about you guys. Tell us about your fan club, and then tell us where we can find you in social media. Uh, so social media-wise, we're um, official UK Lecce,
1: um, just all one word. Um, it's just – I think we explained it in our first appearance. It kind of just started off as a bit of a – a bit of a joke thing because we had a few people who were starting to support Lecce just out of uh, sort of out of memory from when we were kids, sort of thing. But um, and then all of a sudden we we started doing quite well with followers and things, and we thought, well, we have to now keep this going. And then people around us of um, other football fans, they now support Lecce as their Italian team because mm-hmm. not, not a lot of English. Uh, Guys have a have an English have, have a Italian. They don't care about Italian football, basically. So there's a big group of us now. Um, we're all in a big group chat. We will try and get yeah. the games where possible. Um, so yeah, we're just having fun, and, and now we're up in Syria. Hopefully, we can um, come on with you guys a bit more as well. And um, as long as we get some good results, we can. Uh, Oh three one Oof. wow that's, three that's, that's one Wow. Uh, set uh, yeah. exactly
3: what we were exactly what we were thinking was going to happen is one of the possible outcomes. Into we're going to you know invite Cali forward, loosen them up, stretch them, um, and then here they come the other way. Here comes into the other way on the break, and uh, we thought that the dynamic of Korea partnering with uh, um, Lotaro on the counterattack would be the dynamic, but who would have thought Bobby Gags. Getting forward and getting getting to the ball, uh, and having the presence of mind to play it across. So Gallardini, uh, elite with the <laughs> with the pass to help Inter slam the door on Cagliari. Yep. So one one week to go. Take it to All one the game, game shootout. Yeah. Milano, Milano would, uh, they, they they
1: can do it.
0: They'll do the job. Yeah, sure. yeah. I'm, I'm confident. I'll drink to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so back to you guys. Back to you guys. Um so yeah, there's just a big group
1: of us now who support Lecce or or at least kind of uh have a soft spot for them and, and then um there's a Leche Lecce London Club that we've we've been lucky enough to be invited to um over in Fulham, so the other side of London, and that, that's where we watch the 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 promotion winning game. Um such welcoming people as well. So yeah, it's just um it's just a little love affair that's got out of hand and now we've brought <laughs> dozens of people in with yeah. it. So, um so yeah, we're just we're, we're really we're really lucky and going on the going on this journey. I've met so many so many people and like made, made friends, uh, been on podcasts. So it really has got out of hand from just a couple of weirdos who started yeah. an Instagram page um, to be chatting couch. I I
2: think we're very lucky. And also, I think I think now that you know the world has opened up since COVID and things, I think the plan this season is definitely try and get out to Lecce for a game and the ideal because we went to the San Siro last summer up in Syria I think we want to try and get to Stadio Olimpico so it'd be nice to go there for maybe a Roma or a Lazio for with Lecce away and so yeah we'll see it's going to be an exciting season um, yep. in Syria
3: yellow Good gentlemen morning, it's morning. been a gentlemen it's been a pleasure having you guys on uh, welcome back to Syria we're excited uh oh wait I think we will, uh, Richard. Maybe third of the way through next season might be a good time to bring him back yeah, on. Give him a yeah, few, give yeah. him a chance to have what a, a month, test we'll the see waters. Come on, <laughs> yeah. remember what it's like. Yeah. See how you're feeling through the first uh, twelve or thirteen <laughs> games, and and go from there. So absolutely cool.
1: Well, thank, thanks again for
3: having us, yeah, guys. Thank you. And gentlemen, it was a pleasure. Thanks for coming you. on. Come on, Milan. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Grazie, Grazie guys. You, guys. take you.
0: Cheers.
3: Best of luck. Take care. All right, All right
0: Frank. All so, right.
3: Closing oh. minutes here. I think this would be a good time to just jump into who won Calcio Twitter. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. Considering yeah, I that uh, I think this game is put away here. Inter are going to win. It's going to come down to the last day. So if we, um, if we, uh, well, why are they looking at Lattaro's position? I mean, the ball was originally played to Galliardini. It I doesn't it was make a any goal. sense. Yeah, it's a fine goal. Yeah. Uh, nice chip. Yep. So, comes down to the last day. Everything, the title comes down to the last day. The last relegation place coming down to the last day. Unreal. Um, so, you know, and, and why not? We should have it that way, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, let's discuss that real quick before we jump into the who won calcio twitter on the final day all games are going to be on may 22nd noon eastern Mm. uh so as far as the title is concerned milan are at sassuolo inter are hosting Sampdoria. that will uh determine the title milan just a draw and they will be champions if milan lose and inter win inter will be champions Mm. uh so that's how that shakes out salernitano will play host to Udinese. um needing to uh wi- you know a win means they're safe i believe as it pertains to caleri um let's see here uh with this defeat to inter they're two points behind i with a win and a salernitana loss caleri stay up if a and i got to understand the permutations if uh, Salernitown, a draw. Does anybody in the chat know that? I think it's the.
0: Gets a draw. There. Oh, I don't know what the. Oh, that's a good question. That is a good question because in a table, they'd be tied. Um,
3: that is a good question. I'm going to look it up as quick as I can here. Yeah. Okay. So Salernitown and Caliote played to a 1 1 draw uh, on May 8th. Um, and then in, they played to a one, one draw on November 26th. So it will come down. I believe it comes down to goal difference after that point. So if they are matched on points, uh, I believe Cagliari will stay up. So a win, uh, with Salernitana only drawing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Cagliari will survive. Uh, all those blowouts against Salernitana is going to haunt them now. Right. Exactly. So that is the way we understand it. um, you know, so again, we'll, we'll let's go through this. Okay, for the title, Milan champions with only a draw uh, against Sassuolo. Inter must win at, at home against Sampdoria. Milan must lose at Sassuolo. That's how Inter are champions. You go to the last relegation place. Salernitano with a win, they survive, and uh, a win at home over Udinese, they win, they survive, and the great escape again for Davide Nicola and Cagliari go down uh, as the 18th place team. Cagliari survive with a win at Venezia and a Salernitana loss or draw at home against Udinese. So um, that Mm. is the uh, scene there. They were checking a possible penalty penalty. uh, in the Cagliari Inter game where there would have been a penalty to Cagliari, check over. Uh, So no, doesn't look like there's going to be any late drama here. Uh, in Sardinia, in fact, you it's Korea on the counter. Alexis you were talking said, about Davide Nicola. Oh, this is a there? Good there and boy, a great chance. Go ahead. I
0: was going to say you were talking about Davide Nicola. Davide Nicola there, and what he's done this year. He should definitely be nominated for one of the Managers of the Year. I argue that Allegri should be in that mix as well. Obviously, Inzaghi and Pioli are going to take the the cherry on the top, right? And I think, yeah. honestly, given the teams that they have no matter what, I argue Pioli is manager of the year because yep. you argue you could argue that this is one of the most least talented Scudetto teams if Milan wins with Pioli. And Agreed. that would be solely all on the manager, what he's done. Obviously, Maldini and, and Elliot, they get credit, but Pioli was a team that has uh, salsicha makers, salamakers. You have Messias, you have Krunic who starts a lot of games these guys are like your predominant starters and in, 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 week in and week out. And look at the talent through this team. There's no really like superstar on this team. You got yeah. guys who are in the making, right? And Magnon is one of them. He's probably a leader, but this is a, not that great, that talented team compared to Inter. into have a fantastic team, fantastic manager, no discredit to Anzagi. I think Pioli deserves manager of the year just because first or second, doesn't matter where they finish. Pioli's done a f- phenomenal job. A guy who's been known, pegged in his career as a middle middle table manager, is on the precipice of a title, whether he gets it or not, doesn't matter. What he's done with this actual team is phenomenal.
3: Oh, yeah. I agree. 100%. 100%. I mean, you can make the argument that. Know, unfili- he's always done brilliant. Might- this might be the fifth most talented team in Serie. A. When you you look at Inter, you look yes. at Napoli, you look at Juve, and you Roma. look at Atal- and I would even make the case about Atalanta, um, yeah. and that he's been able to guide them to a Scudetto. You know, having guys, you know, in roles where they're significantly overachieving. Um, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, it's uh, it's been a special season, uh, you know, and boy, you know, just how critical is winning the scudetto they get to be a seeded team in the draw for the champions league in the fall instead of sitting in pot 4 where they wind yeah. up in a difficult group they can still be yeah. in a difficult group sure but their chances of that reduce greatly with you know being among the seeded teams where they're not going to have to worry about a real madrid whoever wins the premier league bayern munich they're all they're all off the table uh as far as um as far as the uh, Champions League draw is concerned for the first round of games, which could enhance their chances of qualifying. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's huge in that sense, and I would not argue for one bit. He goes on and wins this, Stefano Pioli's manager of the season. There's no doubt about it. This, is the, this will be the weakest Scudetto-winning team. I think the farthest back I can go, um, I'll probably say Alberto Zaccaroni's Milan that won it in '99. Might be the next weakest team, and that was a damn good team. (laughs) Still, Um, you know, you had uh, you had Oliver Bierhoff up front. You had, you know, you still had Maldini there. This was before Shevchenko arrived. This was before many of the players that played under Ancelotti arrived, Um, and they found a win. They found a way to win the title over Sven-Goran Eriksson's Lazio, who was really really good that season. Um, So, you know. That's as far back as, as I can think. I would think that all of the, all of the Scudetto winning teams, um, between that are, are definitely better than the team that's going to come out winning yeah. it this year. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. And I think, um, I start watching the game here and trying to get, uh, get my, my thoughts straight. Um, what was I going to say? <laughs> Just completely blank there, watching the game. That's the whiskey. Um, I'm yeah, going to pour a little bit. Give myself whiskey. a little go effort, for, Please do. I'm almost out of mind here. so Just um, a little. It was something about the season. Good talk. Good talk. Good talk. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> It'll come back to me. It'll come back to me. There you go. I started go. watching the game. I had the thought in my head, and then it, it, it dissipated. There you go. There's the game. Game, set, Match. Inter win two to one. It comes down to the last match week. Um Fantastic result. Inter is going to do what they're going to do. Kalidi, they're on thin ice, like you said. They're coming down to the last weekend. They have to get a favorable result against Salernitana, or, or compared to Salernitana. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you look at it on the whole, I think Cali and Genoa deserve to go down because they have more of the talented teams compared to Salernitana, and they need yeah. to be set honestly. But yeah we'll see we'll see it's gonna to be tough here um going forward i don't know
3: yep they've underachieved significantly so all right well let's get on with who won kelcho twitter
0: there's something i want to talk about for how coaching is but i'll get, it'll get back to me it'll get back we, to me but let's move forward it'll probably uh, it'll
3: probably jog you as we go through these nominees. it probably will
0: Let's start off with um, Art Morelli, these days known as Cosa Nostradamus. And he says, uh, this is hashtag Juve So this is where I keep the 2021 Juve trophies. Nice.
3: <laughs> oh, poor Juve. Poor Juve. Officially no titles this year. All right. In a, uh, in a in an entry here that is the pot calling the kettle black. Um, <laughs> Gobo two thousand two um, with a picture saying Inter players applauding their teammates who helped them over the line tonight. Bravo!
0: Yeah, Juventus. You'd be careful with what
3: you say there. You know, yeah. it's funny. It's funny. I think that uh, somebody came back. Um, yeah, at, at uh, Aka, in the replies at D underscore Aka goes. Oops, what is this? And it's Juventus players applauding the referees. So <laughs> I see it. I see uh-huh. it there. Very good. All right, moving on.
0: CR7 rap rhyme says, uh, "Okay, quote Mourinho: Cristiano Ronaldo is the best I've ever seen. Zidane: Cristiano is the best ever player in history. Echelotti, Cristiano is the best player ever. Allegri: We'll build a team around DiBala." <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, there you go. Um, at Haunt Forza, IM, am When the game ends, it's Ronaldinho as a Milan player posing with the Barcelona team. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, I'll never forget that. All All right. right. Um, We already did the, the, you you nominated art, so I'm moving on to the big show. Big show. Oh, my goodness. So, first he says, uh, it's a Milan fan saying, you're the best. And then Juventus fan saying, no, you are. And then they make out. (laughs)
3: Okay. (laughs) Oh, big show. The big big show show. has been on a tear lately with these. Yes. All right, out-of-context football, at no-context footy, it is uh, Donnarumma on a bike, and then he tries to stick, put a stick in the spokes, and then he falls off the bike.
0: (laughs) Injuring himself. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. All right, moving on. Uh, This is nominated by Giovanni Milano. So, uh, (laughs) Representative Cawthorn says, imagine if we spent $40 billion on on the veterans and, and uh, Art Morelli says this is the opening st- sentence in Antonio Conte's UA for Pro License Thesis. <laughs> he loves his veterans, Antonio Conte, with Vidal and all the guys he's got through the
3: years. Oh my goodness. Fair point. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alright, Napoleonismo. Uh, uh, we've got a, 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 like a caged up coffin um... <laughs> Jesus, what did this guy do? Uh, and we've got Napoleonismo uh, saying, Agnelli making sure Raiola doesn't show up for the Pogba negotiations. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Too soon? And this, oh, wow. you know,
0: you mentioned that the Who on Twitter would jog my memory, and there it is. What, what I was going to ask you about is Raiola, because Raiola obviously passed away, and it's unfortunate that he lost, and it was a big, big loss to football. However, I think the Erling Haaland move to Man City will be a precedent for the elite player going forward. And so what I mean by that is Erling Haaland very much controlled what he did, where he went. It wasn't. So how we know football now with transfers is that the teams very much control everything, right? Who goes where, where the money goes and this and that. Erling Haaland has certainly broke the mold and he's an elite player or in that quote unquote elite player mold where... Because of what he brings, the potential is exponential. And so he can dictate where he goes. And so what he does is he sa- he tells teams where he's at that this is – I will sign with you if you put a, uh, a release clause. So with Dortmund, it was €75 million. Euros. With Salzburg, it was something like €30 million. Euros. So you put a release clause as part of the contract. Then you pay the agent, normal, Rayola. You pay his father, which is – so. An example: Erling Haaland. When he went from Salzburg to Dortmund, his dad got paid 10 million euros a year. Um, Rayola got paid 10 million euros a year, and he got paid with incentives. If he made certain, you know, goals throughout the year, he would get paid. And Dortmund didn't really have to pay that much to get him from Salzburg. Same thing, Man City. They're only paying 60 million potentially for Erling Haaland. But his his dad's gonna get a lot of money. Raiola's company's gonna get money. And so I think going forward, the te- team, the, uh, excuse me, the players, like a Halan, like a Mbappe, maybe a, maybe Donnarumma, I don't know. They can dictate where they go so, so going forward. And so the player is going to have a lot more power as opposed to the teams having power. Before it was what team has the most money. Hmm. Now it's about what player can pay the release clause and then pay the player, agent, and family. I think that's the mold going forward for the elite of the elite. What are your thoughts on that, Frank? Because I think that's good for the players going forward, possibly for the game, because more teams can get on on X player. They just have to have the funds to be able to fund the team, whether it be the family member or the agent or the player himself, as opposed to whoever has the most money has to buy them, right? So in this instance whoever has 60 million euros or 75 million euros, whatever you want to read it as, whoever had that much money is in the hunt and Erling Haaland knows which teams these are. And then from there, he can pick who he wants to go to. What are your thoughts on the potential
3: change in landscape with where the Erling Haaland deal goes in Rayola ultimately? I think it helps increase... To me, it's going to help increase the players' chances of of the transfer being successful. You might see... You might see flops less and less. I mean, was the player really interested in going to X club just because the exactly. two clubs reached an agreement, uh, you know, for the purchase price of the player? I think that you want to have the player's input. You want the, the player ultimately is going to need to be happy. You don't want to, you know, right. you know, invest 80 million in someone to come over and then they're, they don't want to be there. You exactly. know, so um, th- that's what I see from it. And I think that I think it makes sense to give the player more power, yep. which under this scenario, it appears to be the case.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it, it only it only happens with the elite of the elite. Right. And Erling Halong can command this. I don't think a Castillejo can command this. Right. He he can't do that. You have to be a legit superstar, which Erling Halong is is one in the making if he's not one already. Yeah. So it's it's a very sample size is very limited, but I think those who had the potential to do that, Mbappe is one of them certainly, and you know there's a couple others you can probably name out there. Yeah, I think it's to the benefit, and why not? Because so many years it's been the team that has the most money, uh is the one who's going to make have a say, and now at least, yes, it is the team that have the most money, right? But at least it puts more more teams involved, right? Before it was just like. Who paid top dollar? Now it's like, okay, you paid a release clause, and what are you going to give my family and my team? You know, so at least you have a few more teams involved now. And so it's, I think the players deserve it after the teams have been screwing people over for so long. So, but that's my two cents. And that's thank you. It jogged my memory the Who's One Couch at Twitter. So, yep. I digress. Let's move on.
3: All right. We have one more entry. Uh, It's Napoleonismo again being nominated Uh by at Milanista underscore TO. A uh, picture of Buffon and João Pedro next season in Série B.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> so as a side joke, um, my buddy who plays FIFA religiously, he said he's something like his 10th like, season of City A or, or FIFA. And he said Buffon is still in the game. He's like 55 years old and playing for some team in Série C or Série B or something like that. So it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. And that's a, it's a funny tweet. Um, yep. Yep. I don't know. Where, where do you want to go? Um, mm.
3: oh, that's tough. I, I'm going to go with the Buffon and João Pedro. Okay. I okay. think that Napoleonismo had the best overall performance, but I want to pick the just slightly more tasteful tweet. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. After last week with the cringeworthy oh. Dybala Correa, we got to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You know what, as uh, I know Big Show has had a lot of entries lately, and he's done very well, and I want to give you a victory here. Uh I don't know, man. Uh, I, I think I have to slightly go in the favor of Napilonismo, I think. I think he brought it this week, and uh, it's 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 close. Believe me, it's close. And and Hart's and tweet is very poignant as well, but I think I, I'm inclined to agree with you. Let's go with uh, Jao Pedro and Buffon leading the way. Instead, he B. Yep. Oh, all right,
3: there go. all right, all right. I knew you were going uh, to agree with me, so I already started typing. Look at you. You know, well, save you know some time. <laughs> oh. So with that, we're going to put a bow on this edition of City I'll Sit Down. Uh, Chad, thank you so much uh, for hanging out with us while we were. Uh, we were interviewing with the US uh, Lecce fans, UK, as well as uh, tuning into the intergame, seeing if we, as Milan fans, were going to be celebrating a Scudetto. Celebrations are on hold for another week, and and, and the Scudetto is not even Milan's yet. So, um, Richard, yeah. anything else to shamelessly plug?
0: Nope. I had a good weekend. I, um, despite testing positive for COVID, which I was, was going to say, do- you had COVID.
3: How did you have a good weekend?
0: You know, I, I I very much feel the symptoms and I'm struggling and I'm I don't know why I'm drinking alcohol while i all I have COVID, but I had a good good weekend overall. I thought uh I'd get to celebrate some victories and championships, but uh and watching game sevens, you know, NHL and NHL hockey oh, Anyway, I had a good weekend overall, so I can't complain. So anyway, you know, follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Uh you'll see my tweets about pretty much soccer, football and hockey all the way around. So uh yeah, yeah, and shout out to everyone in the chat. Shout out to the boys from uh, Lecce from the UK. Yes. They were obviously good to have him back in the league. Cremonese is back, possibly Brescia, maybe we'll see who the third team is from Serie B, but uh
3: right.
0: yeah, Serie A teams Venets is gone, Genoa probably gone, and Cagliari probably uh, I think
3: Genoa is done.
0: Yeah, and I think Cagliari too. So um We'll see. We'll see next year. Next year will be interesting league for sure. And so,
3: no, well, they're they're points wise. I think that they're still in it statistically, but I, they might be as good as down. So I agree. All right, um, you can find me at FTC underscore twenty one. Ditto about the game sevens. I'm going to get out of here now to go watch the second half of the Bucks game. They trail the Celtics right now by five at halftime in game seven, and then Penguins tonight. So yeah, lots going. <laughs> Lots going, lots going on in the sporting world. That is for sure. But um, City I Sit Down, we have our own channel on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever there's podcasts, there's City I Sit Down. Uh, our handle on Twitter is at City I Sit Down. Uh, you can also find that handle on Instagram as well as Facebook. Um, who won Calcio Twitter? Hashtag who won Calcio Twitter. Got a nominee for a funny uh, Calcio tweet tasteful funny Calcio tweet at that. Please put in the hashtag who won Calcio Twitter uh, and it will be read on the next podcast. So uh, Milanisti celebrations are on hold for yet another week. Hang in there. Always the case. Yep. So we kind of assumed that that was going to be the case, but uh, you know, we'll see if those celebrations do happen going to a Sassuolo team that has been a bit of a bogey team for Milan in the past. Mm uh let's hope that it happens at least for the sake and if not if inter were able to come from behind and win the title they would deserve it too so two great contenders all season long and uh with next week next sunday may 22nd richard we will be wrapping up the season as well as crowning a champion that's right
0: it's uh the season's coming to an end here and uh
3: Gone what by a, fast.
0: What a it's fast year, crazy year. Season six is uh come and gone. Yep. And you go. get to match week, get
3: to match week one, you blink. And now here we are. We're so. almost at season seven, Frank season seven. I can't what believe people hell? have wanted to listen to us this long. I know. So it's we're crazy. still married. What's that? We're still married. Yeah. And our wives are keeping <laughs> us around. Exactly. So, <laughs> it's great. So, so hope you all enjoyed this as we were, uh, you know, you know, live off the cuff, uh, you know, input on what was going on with the intergame. We'll maybe try to do this again in a future podcast. So uh, we want to thank the chat. We want to thank all of you. For Richard, I'm Frank. As always, make sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao. Ciao.